as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about, I was reading in 2 Corinthians, and I was reading in James, and talked sort of about the same thing. And I said, okay, that sounds good. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with a passage of Scripture completely out of context. You know, one of the problems that we have with many preachers is they use Scripture out of context. I'm going to do that. And I'm telling you ahead of time that that's what I'm doing so that nobody is confused. It's out of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 8. And what Paul says is, We cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. Now, that's in the context of talking about whether people are in fact believers and so forth. But I like the phrase so much that that's what I want to start with. So everybody understand it's out of context. Don't panic. The point of this is the truth eventually wins. And what we're going through right now is a blizzard of lies, deceptions, deceit, all that kind of stuff. And nobody is settled. Everything is up in the air. People are nervous. People are frightened. People are unsettled. And that's because the truth has been taken away. But what I want to talk about is that the truth eventually always prevails. And what we're having right now is we're going through what I would call birth pains. I'm going to be part of the time in Matthew 24 where Yeshua talks about the birth pains, right? Over the past four years, I believe that Mr. Trump has been a catalyst. And what he's done is he has exposed the rot of all sorts of stuff in our government and our culture. And he's brought it bubbling to the surface so people can't ignore it anymore. Now, everybody craves stability. One of the prayers that Catherine very often prays is, let us lead quiet and peaceful lives. Everybody wants stability. I want stability. But when the foundation upon which that stability is built is rotten, eventually the structure is going to come down. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing that trust among the public in our institutions is being rapidly eroded. The FBI and the Justice Department have been revealed to everybody as corrupt. There's no justice there. One of the things that's interesting is the courts. All of these lawsuits about the election, I will say this broadly, and there may be one or two, but routinely when those suits have been brought, they have not been decided on the evidence, they have been decided on procedure. So what people say, well, you waited too long, or you're in the wrong court, or no, 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 you're the wrong one to bring this. But they have not listened to the evidence. They have assiduously avoided that because they don't want to hear the evidence. And that is a sign and a symbol, if you will, of corruption. They do not want the boat to get rocked. Look at our culture, popular culture. That's become corrupt and rotten. Look at the states. You've got state governments that have become corrupt and rotten, starting with our own here in Colorado. So everybody right now has got butterflies in his stomach because you're worried about what is going to replace 
this mountain of jello that we're all standing on. And that, by the way, is where the metaphor of birth pains comes in. In order for something new to come to fruition, something old has got to be swept away. There's an old Chinese curse that I'm sure everybody here has heard. The Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. That's what we're doing. We're living in interesting times right now. And nobody knows where we're going to come down. And that's the source of all this fear and upset and turmoil that everybody is feeling right now. One of the things that's going on is while everything is shaking, you've got jackals moving in. When the lion starts to get sick, the jackals move in. You've got Black Lives Matter. You've got Antifa. Those are jackals. And what they're doing is they are circling a sick lion and they are trying then to get in there and take advantage of that. That's what we've got going on right now. The other thing that's going on, which is kind of fun, is when legitimacy departs, the only thing left is force. Now, the United States is built on government by the people, which means most of the people sort of have to agree with all of the institutions, and then the institutions work, and it doesn't have to be heavy-handed and forceful because the people are virtuous. If you have to have a cop in every store to prevent theft, then you don't have enough police. It just doesn't exist. You have to depend on the people having respect for other people's property. You have to have respect for the laws. So the fact that we don't, well actually we do have murder sprees going on in lots of cities right now, but that's relatively new and it's a symbol of breakdown. And what is happening right now is the authorities, quote unquote, are scrambling to try and figure out what they can cling to that people will respect. That's what a lot of this stuff is going on. And you see that, for example, well, if you don't believe this, you're a science denier. So, okay, science is something somebody will respect. So we'll hold up science as being the thing that we're doing. But what it represents is a scrambling for something that everybody will respect. And what I'm saying is that's been destroyed. And that's where we are. And that's this format that's going on. Credentials. Has anybody been paying attention to the brouhaha over Dr. Jill Biden? That's credentialism. In other words, what they are saying is, this woman is a doctor. You have to respect her. I have not read her dissertation, but I've read little chunks of it, and it's functionally illiterate. And what we have is, okay, we don't have respect for God. We don't have respect for anything else, but maybe we'll respect credentials. So what we have is universities now that turn out credentials. Do anything, you've got to have credentials. We'll sell you credentials. And that's basically what the universities are becoming. And again, it's another institution that the foundation is rotted away. But it's a quest for something that people will respect. That's why everybody is rallying, or on the left anyway, is rallying around Dr. Jill Biden. You've got to respect her. She's got a doctor degree. It's a scramble for respectability. The shallower that gets, the more mocking happens. 
Kay and Gaylene were talking, and I'm going to sort of repeat what they said. One of the things that is going on with all this lockdown stuff is they are taking the middle class, which is us, and they are separating us so that we have no sense of community anymore. There's a phrase that I like and I use fairly often by a Brit. He says, you never know who's going to be a rabid zombie leper, so you've got to stay away from them. Well, what that does is destroys community. The first thing they try to do is shut down churches. The next thing they do is shut down restaurants. Now, where do you go if you want to sit down and have coffee with a friend and talk things over? Go to a restaurant or a coffee shop. Oh, no, you don't, because somebody might be a rampant zombie leper there, and you might die. And you want to go buy pot? Cool, the pot shops are open. You want to go to a mom-and-pop store and buy... I don't know, some perfume or some lipstick or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 no. Might be rabid zombie lepers there. You can't do that. It's all aimed at destroying the middle class because the middle class is our source of stability. Remember, I started off by saying this country depends on people respecting the laws and the institutions. It depends on a moral people. One of our founding fathers said that. The government we give you depends on a moral people. It is not sufficient for any other. And morality lives in the middle class. you got the elites who have enough money to do whatever the heck they want, and they have always been sort of weird. And then you've got the lower class who are scrambling and often have a loose grasp of morality. Kind way to say that. Nothing wrong with being poor, it's honorable, but it also leads to pathologies. The middle class is your stability. That's what's solid. And when that goes, then you've got a real problem. And all of these restrictions that we are living under right now are aimed squarely at the middle class. They're aimed at bankrupting restaurant owners. They're aimed at bankrupting barbers. They're aimed at bankrupting the middle class. So, y'all depressed now? <laughs> Have I thoroughly depressed everybody? The spirit of the age that we're living in is division, anger, suspicion, and fear. That's what's been sown among us. I go for walks on a path that goes through open space. Bright, beautiful, Colorado sunshiny day. And I'm walking along without a mask on because I don't wear a mask. And you get people that come towards you and you can see them pull their mask up over their face and get clear over on the other side of the path just because I might be a rabid zombie leper. And you never know. Bright, sunshiny Colorado day. And I don't know of a virus that would last two feet in that. And we're eight feet apart and they've all got their masks on. I mean, it's insane. But it's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of paranoia. It's a spirit of division. Which takes me to my passage in James. I'm in James chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. 
ding, 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 demonic. And what's happening right now is the demons are losing their grip because people are waking up and looking around and saying, wait a minute, this place that we live is demonic. Which is, by the way, why they keep the churches shut down. So, what do we do about all that? Let me take you back to creation. If you read the story in Genesis, it becomes very obvious that all of creation is infrastructure for us. In other words, the point of the creation is us. And our job is to give creation a voice so creation can speak back to its creator. That's why he created us, to have somebody to talk to. Look at the Abraham situation today. Remember where Abraham is sitting there after being circumcised and we have this conversation where Abraham is negotiating for the survival of Sodom. Now, it is entirely possible for God to say, what are you talking about? Sit down, I'll make this decision. And when I make my decision, I'll do what it was and you'll know what it was, but don't bother me. He's God, right? He can do that. He doesn't do that. What he does is he listens respectfully to Abraham. And Abraham knows he's in the presence of God. He knows the relative power differential between himself and God, yet he is bold. And he speaks to God, and he pleads for the city of Sodom. And God listens to him. God does not want to be an autocrat. What God wants is a conversation with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to listen to us. He wants to teach us. He wants what's best for us. So what he wants to do is have a dialogue with you. That's what prayer is. And we see in Scripture over and over and over again, Moses, Abraham, they talk to God. And God talks back. And it's a conversation that is not, hey, little two-year-old, do what I tell you. It's a respectful conversation. So, this is a really, really tough time that everybody's going through. But this time is necessary. It's necessary because things have gotten so bad that we are sort of in a Sodom position, if you will. And the question becomes, what are we, as the voice of this creation, going to talk to God about in these situations. And the prayers that you all have uttered today are exactly the right thing. You want to be pleading for this country, you want to be pleading for this world. This, by the way, is worldwide, not just here. I mean, Israel is going through the same thing, Europe is going through the same thing. They're all infested with rabid zombie lepers. Understand that you are the voice that is talking to God and what you want is you want the foundations to be restored on a basis of truth. That's the goal. Now, I don't know how all of this brouhaha with the election and so forth is going to turn out. God knows and I don't. He hadn't told me, nor has he asked my advice, quite frankly. 
but I very much regard our situation in the last four years as God's intervention to show us what our situation is and make it so clear that we cannot be complacent and say, oh, okay, it's okay, I've got my job, and yeah, it's kind of bad around here, but it's okay, and I don't want to rock the boat. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It is human nature to want things stable. And that's not bad, by the way. And so when things get to the point where stability is no longer healthy for us, what happens is the stability goes away. And that's what Yeshua is talking about in Matthew 24. Let me read it for you, starting in verse 9. And the birth pains part is before this. He says, wars and rumors of wars and all that kind of thing. This is the birth pains. Something new is being born. I have never been a woman and I have never delivered a child, but I've been around for several of them. And it's a traumatic experience. It's a big deal. And it is not pleasant at the time that it's happening. But it's necessary for the child to come into the world. So let's read for a second from Matthew 24, starting in verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Now, before I go on, I am not saying that we are in the end times. I'm saying that he is describing a process of radical change. The process we're going through may be that one, but that I don't know. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying he's talking about the process of radical change in a society or in his case, in radical change in the creation. So, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Do we have false prophets arising and leading many astray? Okay, can you say Dr. Jill Biden? Oh, wait a minute, you can't do that because science says those are false prophets. They're not speaking in the name of God. But they are false prophets. They are leading people astray. And because lawlessness will increase... <laughs> Do I need to say anything more about that? But, notice what it says. Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, when the society becomes lawless, the bonds that cohere us together start becoming ruptured because you can't trust. Trust goes away. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. That's good news. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Now he's talking global end. I'm talking local. But the process is the same. And if you recognize where you are and you recognize what's going on, you have the ability to act instead of cowering in your basement in fear. And recognize that the people around you are frightened. Many of them are terrified. Their economic situation has been destroyed in many cases. They don't know who they can trust. They don't know what they can believe. 
they have nothing. And by the way, our culture, which is demonic, has pretty much succeeded in destroying the authority of Scripture in the general population. But the first thing you need to understand, and I know you all do, but I'm just reminding you, is Scripture is your anchor. That's your authority. And if you understand Scripture, you are in a position where you can talk to these people who are terrified and perhaps lead them to a place of peace. Now, I am not suggesting that this is going to be easy. It isn't. As the Chinese say, it's an interesting time. You know these stupid little Facebook meme things that everybody posts? I found one that I actually like. It says, if a thing is out of your hands, free it from your mind. What's going on in this country right now is mostly out of our hands. We can deal with things locally. You can witness to your neighbor. You can help people out. One of the things that I do, whenever I buy something or do something for a small business, I tip lavishly because they need it. It's a small thing that you can do. So there's small things that you can do locally, but you're not going to decide who's president next. That's out of your hands. Certainly interesting. Certainly pay attention. But don't worry, because all that does is eats away at your insides. So if a thing is out of your hands, and lots of this is out of your hands, there's big forces moving right now, and it's out of my hands. So free it from your mind. Pray, help your neighbors, lead them to the truth as best you can, and sleep well at night. Because being well-rested in the morning makes you stronger to do what you need to do through the day. There's an old preacher's cliche, and I have not checked this, that there are 365 fear-nots in the Bible, or be not afraid. That may or may not be true. There are a lot of them, okay? I haven't actually counted them. It's an old preacher's cliche. There's one for every day. There's a song that Kay and I play, part of Shabbat. It's actually Jewish. And there's a line in there. The world will go on one more day, and you have nothing to fear. So, don't be a Pollyanna. Be aware of your situation. Be aware of what's going on. But move through it courageously. And always, always be prepared to help those who are seriously hurting, because there's lots of them right now. And keep coming to church, because that's where you get built up. (laughs) 